Today's Local Lady podcast is made possible by Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors. If you're looking to buy or sell a property in Fremont County, Riverton Remax has great staff that will assist you on your journey to a new home. Check out Riverton Remax All-Stars Realtors on Facebook. There are several great properties for sale right now. Hello, Riverton and Fremont County. This is Bethany Baldus with the Local Ladies Podcast, and today I am joined by Vivian Watkins. She is here to talk to us about the Riverton Medical District. How are you doing today, Vivian? I'm well. Thank you, Bethany, for having us. It's a pleasure being here. Yes. So I guess um, first off, just a little bit about yourself and um, your background and what started this project. Well... My background, um, as a lot of people know, is I'm a retired banker. Um, I left banking some years ago and uh, went to work for the state of Wyoming as the Director of Economic and Community Development under Governor Geringer. Um, And then I retired and went to my garden and was happily uh, growing organic vegetables and... uh, Then a year ago, it was on July 27th last summer, um, a group of folks met at the Cowboy Cafe, and uh, Janice Bradley was uh, the person that initiated that and called all of us and said, "Let's, let's meet and talk about this. So we showed up that evening, and... uh, just kind of sat around the table and said, really? Um, They're closing some of the services and transferring services um, out of our Riverton Hospital? Um, That doesn't seem acceptable. And uh, what are we going to do about that? So the Save Our Riverton Hospital group was born that night. And... uh, we we went from there. Obviously, um, if if the Riverton Memorial Hospital services were still being offered to the community, there would have been no reason for us to even meet in the first place. Sure, <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite parts about the group of people that have come together in this is how you're all just regular people and you are standing up for something that you believe in and is important for our community. And so um, I I think it's just endearing to watch all of you guys grow and become better and get this knowledge as we go (laughs) through the path. So I said when we first got here how all of Vivian's experience in starting hospitals. And <laughs> but nope, she's just a Wyoming woman. And <laughs> yep. Doing it. That, that's how we do it here, right? <laughs> it, it's how we do it here. And even though our group, um, we have Dr. Roger Ghost and Dr. Kent Stockton and Dr. Eric Ridgeway, we, we do have doctors that are, are with us and help us immensely. Um, but To your point, none of us um, on this group had had ever really had anything much to to do with hospital, let alone certainly looking at at building building one. But, you know, it takes, um, as as Margaret Mead's quotation that we have uh, kind of adopted, um, it is a, a small group of dedicated, concerned people that will get things done. Very good. So, 
And that is exactly what you guys are. So after um, you guys all met, then you started mm-hmm. having public meetings. And what was kind of the process that got you kind of going then after that? Well, to, to back up one step, um, we all knew that we, we did not know what to do. From We knew we wanted a hospital, but we didn't know what to do about it. And so that's when the clarion call went out to some of our friends and neighbors in uh, across the state to the hospitals. And a lot of people know that, um, fortunately, the, the Douglas Hospital just adopted us mm-hmm. and said, uh, we, we will help you. If you have questions and you need direction, we will help you. And so even though we were a group of folks that did not have experience, um, we were pretty darn smart enough to know to reach out and get the people who did know how. So as we approached the hospitals around not only Douglas, but Thermopolis, Cody, uh, Casper, Wyoming Medical Center, as we reached out, um, we would say to them, here's our problem, here's the situation we find ourselves in, and we need really smart help. And that's how we got as far as we are today, is by reaching out to people who we knew could help us. And it's such a um, Wyoming community throughout the entire state where it's everybody's, awesome. Everybody's kind of come together, um, and everybody brings something to the table in that yes. way. So yeah. Um, so then, after your public meetings started, so then to your public meetings, and you kind of got a feel for what the community thought and that kind of stuff. How yep. was that process? Yeah. Well, that was a that was a fun thing. We had our first meeting. Um, oh, probably the end of of August. Um, and we just put an ad in the paper and said, we're going to meet and talk about the situation we find ourselves in. And we're going to meet at the Riverton County Library. Well, little did we realize that it was packed and people were standing out in the foyer, couldn't even get in the room. And at the end of that initial first meeting, I stood up and and said, I don't know where our first meeting place will be, but I promise we will we will go someplace where you can at least sit down. <laughs> and so our our second meeting then the following month, um, we went to the little theater at CWC. And we sat around the table as we were planning that and said, Oh, there will be plenty of room. At, at the little theater. No. Yeah. <laughs> so that time I stood up at the end and said, okay, I don't know where we're going to go, but we'll go. Where <laughs> <laughs> and so we just kept getting, moving to larger and larger um, spaces. We went to, to CWC Peck Theater and that, that was, was an amazing meeting. It was a fun meeting. That was the evening that our friends from Douglas came over and spoke to the crowd that night. And oh boy. And drones over Yellowstone were the entertainment. Yes, were the, the music. Yes. yes. <laughs> we had an awesome, awesome time that evening. And um and then we ended up at St. Margaret's Gym. Mm-hmm. And 
we did not ever fill <laughs> St. Margaret's gym, so we finally had found some place that uh, everyone could sit down. And now the last two or three times, uh, the middle school has been gracious enough to open up the all-purpose room there just as you walk in the main doors of, of the middle school. Sure. Um, and so uh, you guys had to get the feasibility study, and everybody's patiently waiting to see where this is going to go. So kind of tell the process of getting the feasibility study and what that tells you guys as far as moving forward. Okay. Um, As we kind of reached milestones along the way with this, it became obvious that even though the community was very supportive and on top of this, um, we were still a group of volunteers saying, I think we can do this. Really, really, I do think we can do this. Well, that only goes so far. And so once again, um, our mentors said, you guys are wonderful and we love you, but you need a professional to look at this and, and say whether or not this can be done. And so we put out the word um, to find, because of course, again, we had no idea. Have you ever heard of a feasibility study? Well, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) We knew what the feasibility study was, and we knew we needed one. But we had no idea who does these, um, and lots of people do them. But of course, we needed specifically a small rural hospital. Right. And so we put out the word to, to our friends across the state, and just loud and clear, it came back. You need Stroud Water Association uh, Associates. They are the ones who, um, that's all they do. Uh, now, they, they do more than just small rural hospitals. Right. They do huge hospitals also. But they have a group that specializes specifically for small rural hospitals. And so we got a whole bunch of references on them. Two or three of us sat down and called and called and called and called and visited with references for them. And um, everybody said, yeah, this is, if this is what you need, these are the people that you need to do it. And so that's how we came to choose Stroud Water. They are located in Portland, Maine. And um, to to kind of shorten that whole process down, uh, contracted with them, they gave us a price of $150,000. Well, we had maybe, I don't know, $5,000 in the bank. (laughs) (laughs) And so we gulped at $150,000. But I'll tell you what, at our next community meeting, Um, at St. Margaret's, we announced, here's the next step. Here's what we need to do. This is what that study is going to to prove to us. And the hard part was, Bethany, is we knew that that feasibility study could very possibly come back and say, you people are nuts. You can't do this. Yeah. So we were very honest with the folks at our community meeting of we need $150,000, but there is absolutely no guarantee that this report will come back saying we can do it. And I remember one gentleman afterwards came up and said, well, this is kind of a, a risk, isn't it? I mean, if we 
if we raise 150000 and it comes back saying, no, we can't do it, we've just lost our 150, right? And I said, you are absolutely right. The only thing I can tell you is I spent $150,000 to save you $50 million. Right, yep. Because if it comes back and says, no, you folks are, cannot do this, your community cannot support it, we'll drop it. Right, right. We we'll won't, find a different solution. Exactly. Yep. We won't continue. And so, yes, we have spent your 150, but we may have saved 50 million. Right. Yes. So um, that's our community stepped up and we had a fund drive and we did some fundraisers and we begged and we pleaded <laughs> and um, not to anyone's surprise. Our community stepped up, and they always do. They They're always do like that. Yes. Yep, yep. So, um, and so that came back at the end of April, correct? It did. We contracted. They started their work um, about the second week in January, and um, it came back uh, the end of April, first first part of May, and the the process then was that uh, they came out here. So uh, they came out here and worked two days, two, two and a half days, um, interviewing people and looking at the community and doing their groundwork um, that they did meeting after meeting after meeting. It was, it was pretty intense, the hours that we sat at the table with them. But from the very first meeting, we knew we had the right people. Uh, they, were, they were amazing to work with. And um, so the report came to us the end of April, first week of May, I think. Um, and then it was time to begin the work of, of going through it with them. And they did not come uh, back out. They saved us the, the money, sure. the expense <laughs> money of bringing them back out here. Um, but we went up to um, CWC um, and they provided a room for us that we had um, a teleconference with the folks at Stroudwater. We also had our partners from Douglas on that same teleconference. And man, we just started through 104, well, I think it was about 110 pages at that time. Of numbers on top of numbers. And yes, and, and lots of dialogue um, describing the situation and et cetera. Um, and so we, we went through it. Um, we had um, Susan Getzinger, mm -hmm. who is a past CFO uh, at, the, at our hospital, and Douglas on their end had all of their management team. Awesome. sitting there and so their CFO and their CEO and board members and so forth um, so we had a lot of really knowledgeable people sitting at that table and interestingly enough most of us just kind of sat back and turned the whole thing over to Susan and Douglas's CFO when we got to the numbers portion and and they just went through line by line by line what each individual service from, from OBGYN to major surgery, um, all of the service lines in between, 
what those are going to cost. Yes. And um, the income, the the projected income. And, of course, that was all based from our population. Sure. And the population, uh, our primary service area. And so went through those, and Stroudwater said, okay, we've we've got some some work to do here because a lot of the numbers that they had used were not applicable. Wyoming turns out to be a little us. bit different. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. And so they they said they took all of that information. Um, the HR person and CFO uh, from Douglas said, your salaries are off, um, d- just different different areas. And so Stroudwater went back and took another two weeks and revamped those numbers that our group felt were, were not quite accurate. And we went back and forth and back and forth like that two or three times until everybody sitting at the table looking at that report said, yes, this, these are true this numbers accurate. now sure. based on our information. Um, and then, so you guys got the report. Did the report say yes, no? <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here yeah, today. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it, it not only said, oh, heavens, yes. Um, our primary service area that, that Stroudwater looked at and, and counted as our, our service area is everything north of the river. Okay. Well, everything north of the river, um, obviously... Riverton, Dubois, Lander, Pavilion, Shoshone, Lysite, uh, 22,000 people. Okay. And so to put it in a nutshell, the Stroudwater report said 22,000 people without a full service primary secondary care hospital. Are you nuts? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, 22,000 people can support that. And then, of course, our neighbors in Thermopolis and Cody and and Douglas were all saying, oh, my word, you know. Which all of those are smaller communities than Riverton. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So came kind of a no-brainer. But at the same time, we needed a professional to say it was a no-brainer. Right. And so you guys didn't just take Stradwater's word for it. You went and got more, um, basically, references, correct? Yes. Yes. And so, again, um, working with with our partners um, and visiting with the hospitals, our neighbors that reached out and said, yes, we'll, we'll help. And Wyoming Medical Center was another one that was of immense help to us. And we all went over and met with them uh, one whole day and uh, worked with them. So um, then we know that the other thing that this little merry band of volunteers that have practically become family now um, – we love each other dearly. We we pick at each other. We fight with each other. And at the end of the day, we're still loving each other, uh, which is saying something after a year after a of year. working. And as far as you guys have made it, too. Exactly. Yes, and as many times as we have gathered around the table together. Sure. you know. And I'm sure there were differing opinions at certain oh, joints of the... Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I would 
I would be foolish to sit here and try to say that there weren't some table pounding discussions <laughs> yeah. that went on. Uh, healthcare is very on occasion. It can be a very passionate conversation. It is very passionate, and we have taken it very, very seriously. Of this is our community. This is our young, our young couples that are having to drive through the canyon to make it to Thermopolis yes, to have a baby. I would probably end up having mine at home. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we never lost sight that we were doing this in any way to satisfy ourselves or the goal that we had set for ourselves. Sure. We always kept in mind, and I can't even begin to tell you how many times we would sit at the table and say, Lord... We just pray that we don't have any huge disasters, that we don't have any huge medical disaster happen here. Um, and and our, our mantra to each other became, do not fall, <laughs> do not get hurt, do not get this sick. This is a little personal because I'm, I'm getting up on a year from breaking my leg. Yes. I, it's, it it yes. was terrifying. And, um it's those things like there's so much truth in what you say, but yes, um, the staff that we have locally is phenomenal. phenomenal. They are phenomenal, and they are there, and that is and one they, thing. They are giving their bed, blood, sweat, and tears yes. to give everything that they can. It's not, it's not at all anything yep. about them as well. Yep, and. Even, even though the services provided up there, the lines of services have diminished. Mm-hmm. The loving care of that staff up there has not diminished. Yep, it's still full for yes. And I've, we've been twice with some emergencies over the last year, and every single time the staff is just yep. out of this world. Yep. So, very so yeah, it, um, so it, it became very, very evident that... Uh, this was not only possible, but to not do it would have been ridiculous. Right, right. So um, the public meeting, we're recording on Monday, but the public meeting will be tomorrow on Tuesday, and then Wednesday is when this will release. So um, where are we going now? Like, Do we get to build the hospital? What's the next steps? Well, there's a, a lot of exciting next steps that we're going to be covering um, tomorrow night. So I'm not going to give all of the fun details away, but some of the things that we'll be talking about, um, I'll be going through kind of what we just did mm-hmm. for, for those folks, because at every, it's always so fun at the beginning of every public meeting, I always say, who's here for the first time? Who, right. <laughs> who is this their first meeting? And it always amazes me that there are some. Because you think, gosh, after so many public meetings, there couldn't be anybody left out there that hasn't been at one time or another. Um, And then we also, I should mention, uh, Facebook um, has our meetings live streaming as as well as two or three others. So for folks that just cannot come out for whatever reason, can sit at home and and watch that. so tomorrow night, we'll be kind of doing this, bringing a very, very quick overview of what brought us here. You know, I always tell folks, if we had a full-service hospital like our community was always used to having with Riverton Memorial Hospital, and, and even 
after Sage West bought the hospital. If we had a full-service hospital, our group would have never met at the Cowboy Cafe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of bring folks along and up to date as to why, why we are here and why we've done what we've done. And then uh, Court McGuffey will take over at that point and go through the feasibility study. Um, the feasibility study ended up being about 103 pages, I believe. And of that 103 pages, there's probably 20 to 25 that we are not sharing with the public. That is our business plan. Our profitability statements, our our line by service line, what is an x-ray cost? What is an MRI cost? What is... It's protecting your $150,000 investment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you won't find too many successful businesses out there who come up with a financial plan and budget for their business and share it with the public, sure. um, particularly their competitors. Sure. Um, so there's a portion of that study that is proprietary information that we will not be sharing with the public. But all the rest of that is public information. Um, so court will be going through that um, before you say, oh, dear, I don't think I want to sit through <laughs> 80 pages of detail. <laughs> no, he's not going to do that, but he's going to give an overview sure. of each section sure. of that. And then lastly, um, we'll look at, so now what? Right. Now, where are we? Now what? And I'll be going through our finance package preparation, um, how we uh, know that we need to to put that together and what it needs to include and so forth. I'll talk about um, our bonding. Um, That's something probably, Bethany, that I should should kind of talk about a little bit. Um, Back at the beginning when we said, well, yeah, but if, if we can possibly do this, how would we ever pay for it? Well, your first thought is, well, we're going to have to property taxes. Yep. Um, and, and there's been some confusion because our name evolved from Save Our Riverton Hospital into the Riverton Hospital District when we became a corporation. Um, that district um, threw, some, threw some people and thought, oh my gosh, they're going to form a hospital district like we have a school district and a, so forth. Um, and we looked into that. That was, was our initial thought. A couple of things put up a roadblock immediately. Number one, the amount of mills that we would need to appropriate to each homeowner in our area became six or seven mills. There is no way, right? absolutely no way, that you can raise people's property taxes that high in one blow. I don't care how much they want a hospital. (laughs) If you can't afford it, you can't Can't afford afford it. it. And so um, the other thing that turned us away from that is the state allocates how many mills each county has. We didn't even have that many mills available to us. And I think that it's 
I mean, I know you haven't gone into the bonding yet, but I think that it's always been so beautiful since I jumped on board with you guys that it's never been about taxes. Like, it's like, we'll find the money other ways. We'll be a legitimate business in the free market doing business instead of putting it on the backs of Fremont County. So I think that's very commendable from you guys, like from the beginning, that maybe you were stopped, but um, to be able to find other solutions that went outside of the box of where people typically think. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, like I say when it when it became obvious that oh, good heavens, we could we couldn't possibly do that to our community. Even had we gone back to the legislature and they had given us sure. a larger mills allotment, there was no so, way that we were interested in doing that. That's probably the beauty too of having just regular citizens putting something together like this instead of somebody from back east or wherever. Because you guys would have had to pay those mills as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so not only we, it's not only you guys, but we have to pay him too. So that's true. Not not only would we have had to tax your home, we would have had to tax Our. my home. <laughs> and yeah, so so that became obvious that was not going to work. And so once again, we turned to our partners across the state and said, "Okay, guys, how are you doing this?" Mm-hmm. And um, most of them came back and said, you need to look at bonding. Um, There are hospital, rural hospital revenue bonds, um, and that's that's the way to go. And so we are going to look at um, bonding. Now, some folks may not understand the difference there with um, revenue bonds you can borrow that money from the bonding company or sell those bonds, and that covers your construction and all of your equipment, furniture, fixtures, equipment. But it does not allow you to pay the bills. Okay. You have to, you have to find operating funds elsewhere. So we're looking at bonding for the construction and equipment, we're looking at USDA, their rural communities program, facilities program, um, looking at that for um, operating funds. And uh, then, of course, we haven't even got into our looking at a couple different locations yet. Um, and we'll go into that more uh, tomorrow evening at our, our meeting also. But there's different funding sources. We've, we have them lined out, and now we're working at putting our financing package together to take to those different sources. Very good. So um, this is always my favorite question to ask you, and you know, you, I know what you... <laughs> uh, for your timeline... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do it, aren't you? You're going to go there, aren't I, you? I am. <laughs> what... I know that, like, as we get further down the road, the timeline probably gets a little bit more clear what we're actually looking at. So if, from where you're standing right now, what do you think the timeline is as far as where we're at for breaking ground and then having a hospital? Yeah, it's, um, to no one's surprise, it's all dependent on the financing. Sure. Um, we have put together, again, using using our consultants and our our cohorts that have been there, done this before, we have put together what we believe is a complete financial package. And having 
some experience in my background of banking, <laughs> 35 years worth, um, I know what a good finance package needs to look like and include. And, and we have that pretty well put together. So obviously, once we have visited with our financing partners, I can probably give you a, a better idea. But broad range, I have said from the very beginning, way back in July of last summer, when we started this whole thing, I had said, ah, uh, September, September, October, we ought to be able to break ground on this baby. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> September is like right around yeah. the corner. And so now I'm saying if I had to bet money, I'm betting probably by the end of November. Really, that soon? Yeah. Of 2019? Yes. Very awesome. Yes. So it's going to, once the finance stuff gets put together, it's going to be a very fast process. Then. It, it will be because we had a choice to make. We could have said, okay, we need to get our finances all locked down before we do anything else. And our group said, no, we don't have that kind of time to waste. So while we're putting our financing package together, we have moved forward and kept doing the steps that we knew that we were going to have to do anyway. In other words, we have interviewed countless hours of contractors. Again, we, we want the very best. We want contractor that this is all they do. They don't build shopping malls. <laughs> they don't build theaters. They build hospitals. hospitals yep. And that's all they build. And a great majority of what they build is rural awesome. hospitals. And so um, we took a lot of time to do diligence and called a lot of references and a lot of folks and visited. Um, and the same thing with our management team. I have said to our, our community folks from the beginning, I think I'm smart enough to get you a building built, but I know I'm not smart enough to run it. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> and, and the folks, as I say, we have some really awesome doctors on our, on our group. But, um, you know, even Roger Ghost, if you stop him the next time you see him and say, Roger, do you think you could run a hospital? <laughs> Roger would be the first to say, maybe, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and so once again, we went out and, and asked for um, references of who people would recommend to he us. pretty much figured out. And we have pretty much figured out. Not going to announce that today. <laughs> But um, yes, we we know once we have once our contractor has this thing built and we cut the ribbon on the front door, who is going to be in place to manage and run it properly? Awesome. Um, so as far as people following what you guys are doing and where the progress is, what's the best place for people to find um, the hospital district? Our our website, our Facebook page. Um, we are on Facebook at Riverton Medical District. Um, our website, um, the same, rivertonmedicaldistrict.com. Um, you can follow us there. Um, we also 
encourage folks come out to the community meetings. Yes. They're they're not only very informational, but we usually end up having a lot of fun. Yeah, I always enjoy them. <laughs> um, and then kind of our wrap up, did you have anything else that you wanted to say, tell about today? I don't think so. All right, I don't think so, so kind of one of my questions that I've been asking everybody at the end, um, what is your dream for Riverton? Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be medical district-wise. Mm-hmm. It could be, but um, just... In general, where what's your dream for Riverton and where we're going? You know, if I could could wave a magic wand, I just want to know, because this is not only my home and my husband's home, all of our children are here, all of our grandchildren are here. I want a community that is is caring, loving. We have good medical service, we have good school districts. We have good services available to take care of our folks. And, uh, you know, if, if you have those basic fundamental things, the years that I spent working with the state of Wyoming, doing community development and traveling the state and working with each and every one of our communities across the state, um, that's, that's the one thing that really all of them said. We just want a good home for our families that provide the services that we need. Yep, very good. Very awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Vivian. Thank you. um, I just really appreciate you going. I'm sure this has been a little bit of you going out of your box to be able to accomplish everything you've accomplished this last year. (laughs) And I just... I constantly look at you and Janice Bradley and think about, and I, everybody and on the, the whole group. Steer, yes, yes, but the I whole look group. at the two of you, and I just, um, you're such great forces of nature to be pushing this forward, and I'm just really happy that that you guys have gotten as far as you have. So. Well, thank you. Yeah, and further, and further that you go. So yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Vivian. You bet. Today's Local Lady Podcast is made possible by Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors. If you're looking to buy or sell a property in Fremont County, Riverton Remax has great staff that will assist you on your journey to a new home. Check out Riverton Remax All-Stars Realtors on Facebook. There are several great properties for sale right now.